Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL. The Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Welcome to the show, our week 16 edition for the regular season, and that means it's Christmas weekend. So are you ready for the weekend, Alyssa? You got all the Christmas shopping done. You must be excited to take a little bit of a break from the Bears, right? I mean, the Bears, uh, another debacle on Monday night, and I think a lot of this show, we're just going to be figuring out how the hell they lost to the Vikings in this game. It just felt like this one was like on a platter for them, but of course they still lose. But are, are uh, are you ready for Christmas weekend? Man, there is never a break from the Bears, unfortunately, especially during this short week. Uh, And, man, that was another brutal one. You know, I mean, I think I expected them to lose. I think everybody did. I thought they'd get blown out. But the way they lost, it's just like they continuously step it up, right? They find new ways to lose. And it's just kind of like at this point, Matt Nagy's playing his greatest hits, you know, before he hits the road here. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to not having to watch the Bears on Christmas, so that should give me a little bit of a reprieve until the next day, and then you know we're right back to it playing the Seahawks. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see here. It'll be a nice little. I'll try to take it easy here, but you know, with the Bears, you can, you have to be on your toes. I don't know, maybe Ryan, maybe we get like a special Christmas present, and like maybe Matt Nagy's fired at some point this week. You know, that would be great. That's all I want for Christmas. Yeah, and I keep checking Bears Wire to see if it happened. Right, I just can't. I can't help myself. Every every couple hours, I'm like checking your Twitter feed. I'm like, did it happen yet? Because I just feel like. That's where we're at, right? We're four and ten, officially eliminated from the playoffs, and that means we're one step closer to whatever regime overhaul is coming. And whether that's, it sounds like it's going to be GM, head coach, that whole the whole thing. So that means we're one step closer. And and for me, I, I just keep saying, there's no time like the present. Uh, we've got three weeks left in the regular season. We've lost eight of nine games at this point, and it's literally like it's like a comedy show. Watching Nagy run around the sideline, throwing stuff, yelling at the refs, the signs in the crowd. Right? It's like you have a chance now with the new rules to get a jump on, you know, hiring the next head coach. So if you were really set up to do a regime overhaul, the organization is. Look, what are we waiting for, Alyssa? Right? Like now, wouldn't this week be the time where you could start interviewing people next week as soon as next week? Like. I keep checking Twitter because it's like it's got to happen, right? They're not going to just like play out the string and and do this in a month, are they? Like, is that what we're going to do? I mean, at this point, it feels like that's what they're just kind of dead set on doing because they're one of two franchises that's never fired a head coach in the middle of the season. The other one being the Ravens, who have not been around nearly as long as the Bears. So they're just obsessed with that thing, right? They're just obsessed. I feel like it's a pride thing, which is ridiculous because it shouldn't be about that. It should be about making your team better and finally getting them back to relevancy and being like a good team because when the Bears are good, the NFL is good. Or it's good for the NFL. Uh, you know, at this point, though, you know, when you kind of look at it, this was a good spot for them if they were going to fire Nagy to do it because they were officially eliminated from the playoffs. Yep. Though I know we said that last week, too, when they lost to the, to the, to the Green Bay Packers again, the seventh time in Nagy's uh, four years here. Sorry. So, I mean, but then I kind of also understand the mindset because now there's a talk about, you know, kind of restructuring the whole front office, like whether that's Ted Phillips moving him out of that football role and getting somebody else there, getting rid of Ryan Pace as general manager and obviously getting rid of Nagy. So I kind of understand why, like, as long as their reasoning for not firing him until the end of the season isn't because we've never done it before. I understand that, you know, if they want to move on from Pace, 
who are you going to have hire the next head coach, right? If Ryan Pace isn't there, or are you going to let him hire hire a new head coach before he's out? Justin are you going to let George and Ted Phillips do it? <laughs> Let's let Justin yeah. Fields do it. Ryan Day. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Then, then Ryan Day is on us. <laughs> but like, so I kind of understand from that point, like why they wouldn't get a, uh, you know, a head start. So, I mean, at this point, I feel like they have to have their mind made up on whether Ryan Pace is going to stay or go. Uh, I think that's a little more on the fence than obviously Nagy's job at this point, but I feel like they know. So, I mean, if, you know, Pace is staying put in his current position, I mean, I still think even if he's out as GM, you know, there have been plenty of reports saying that George McCaskey could find another position for Pace within the organization because he's just so fond of him. So, I mean, like, I understand why at this point there hasn't been a move, but it's long overdue. You know, this should be an opportunity for teams like, you know, the Raiders and the Jaguars who have fired their coaches. Uh, and now they can start next week interviewing some head coaching candidates. So, I mean, we'll see because I, I feel like, Ryan, a lot could change between each of these podcast episodes or even like from when we record this to like the next two days, like something else big could happen. And then, you know, we could be talking about something else. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm going to kind of stick for right now that it's going to happen at the end of the season because there's just so much that has to change within the organization. It's not as simple as just getting a new head coach in place. So I think that's why we're not going to see a change until the end of the year. Yeah, I think I, I think I hear what you're saying here. And this is why I need you, Alyssa, just to talk some sense into me because <laughs> I just, you know me, I'm a knee-jerk kind of guy. I just freak out. But it's like, so if they were hell-bent on having Ryan Pace remain as a GM, they probably already would have fired Nagy, right? But the fact that they're probably going to move on from him and they're still trying to figure out the next GM piece, that's probably why we're going to see this them play out the string, right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, and then that way, because when they brought in Nagy, it was kind of assumed that Pace and Nagy were a package deal, where, like, there was even speculation, because, you know, McCaskey and Phillips would never, they never addressed, even when it was asked last year, you know, was Pace given a contract extension or, you know, to kind of, like, line his contract up with Nagy's, like, the assumption was he, he did receive one, so that they were kind of, their contracts were up at the same time, and they were kind of, like, joined at the hip. So, I mean, that was the expectation. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked because, I mean, while Pace, you know, has has a great eye for talent, as we've seen with this current draft class and last year's draft class, who are big contributors and look like they're going to be for many years to come, at the same point, he's not been able to do the GM job to its fullest. So, I mean, I could definitely see them parting ways with both of them at the same time. Yeah, when you when you called uh, Nagy and Pace a package deal, I, I just, like, could you imagine opening that present on Christmas, a Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace <laughs> package? Like, oh my oh, God, Lord. that would be terrible. It's worse right? than cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's going to be cold instead. Yeah. And, and the reason I, I keep checking Twitter and I keep checking Bears Wire to see if the head coach has gotten fired is because I still can't figure out how the Bears lost on Monday night, Alyssa. I just don't know how they lose to the Vikings. Like, it felt like they owned the whole second half. It felt like the, the field was tilted in their favor. It felt like the Vikings kept starting at their own 10-yard line. And then you look at the box score. I didn't realize this. Literally, I didn't realize it that night. I didn't realize it until I looked at the box score the next morning that Kirk Cousins had 12 completions and 87 passing yards. 87 passing yards. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. 87? Kirk Cousins? And this is with the Bears. Their whole secondary was out due to COVID, right? They're all on the COVID list. So we got, yeah. you know, we've got Vildor and, and who, Thomas Graham, right, all out there shutting down Kirk Cousins in this, uh, in this Vikings passing game. It was unbelievable and it's just special teams play calling bad execution drops three missed fourth downs deep in vikings territory it was just one thing after the other 
uh, and the Bears come out and they don't only lose this game. It took a, a touchdown with no time left for them to get within a score, right? They, they really lost this one by multiple scores when you really look at it. So it's just like, man, what a debacle, right? What a debacle. It, it's so frustrating that at this point, not only is the season over, not only are we, you know, four and 10, but now we're losing games that we like, it, they're on a platter. Like we, we should win these games and now we're, we still can't win, even win those ones. Yeah, I mean, it was just another Matt Nagy classic, right? This is one of those those games where you kind of look at it and you just have a feeling like if you were to read a description of this game, you know, several years down the line and you're like, who is the head coach? I mean, it'd be easy to kind of figure out, it'd probably be Matt Nagy. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like it's just the same thing where the defense who I thought that was the reason they were going to lose, which would have made, I mean, even when they had their starting secondary in place, the defense was kind of getting, you know, kind of run over at times. So when their entire starting secondary was out and you have Kendall Vildor as your starting quarterback, which that just, that thought just terrified the crap out of me. I'm like, oh my gosh, Justin Jefferson's going to go for 300 yards. At least my fantasy team's going to benefit from that, which that didn't end up happening. And then we had the revelation that was Thomas Graham, the six round rookie out of Oregon. And I'm just, I was just like really frustrated. What took so long? Yep. He was on the practice squad for 14 weeks. And granted, I understand that back in training camp, he looked a little rough. Like he, he was, he was, he was struggling there. And obviously there was development throughout the course of the year. So I didn't expect him maybe to be on the roster from week one, but we're, we're in week 15 at this point and your secondary was depleted and it took the entire starting secondary to get in COVID for him to finally just make it to the active roster. And then guess what? He went out there and he balled out and he earned himself a spot on the active roster for good. And he looks like he's someone that you could pair with Jalen Johnson on the outside. And I mean, it's just, I was really impressed by the defense, but again, why, why did the bears lose Ryan? It was the offense, yes. <laughs> right? Yep. You yep. know, they were able to move the ball. Like they had 370 yards compared to the Vikings 193. Moving the ball wasn't an issue. It was, as has always been the case with Matt Nagy, their struggles in the red zone and scoring points, right? They had three points until the final second of the game, which that's just, just uncalled for. There were missed opportunities, penalties, turnovers. It was just self-inflicted mistakes and just kind of bad football. It's another indictment on the coaching staff and another reason why Matt Nagy will be gone, whether it's before the end of the season or at the end of the year. I liked how you, you put that, the Nagy classic. And and there was like there was a classic play that's kind of subbed up the last couple of years under this regime, right? And it was that that fourth and one play after the blocked punt where David Montgomery has to run off with the equipment issue and the Bears kind of come out of the huddle way too late. They scramble to get lined up, uh Darnell Mooney's in the backfield. He doesn't really know. He's, he's kind of moving around. He's trying to figure out where he's supposed to be. Uh, field snaps it, turns. He's not sure if he's going to run or throw. And the play just, was just butchered from the start, right? It was just like, it was way too cute. Yeah. Like, it's fourth and one. Like, just get in the eye formation and hand it to Khalil Herbert. Or was Herbert even out there? Was he active? I don't remember. But Yeah, you know, Herbert was active. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good, like, they should have just brought him in, just run the football, don't overthink it, you know, or let Field just kind of take it. Like, I understand, like, just don't overthink it. And that's the thing with Nagy. He does too much. He tries to kind of like come off as the smart one that too he's cute. like that yep. mad scientist kind of thing. Like where he's, I, it, it hasn't worked in four years. I mean, it's not like he's, it's not like he's in the beginning of his coaching tenure or, you know, calling plays where he's trying to you know figure things out. He's learning on the job. No, no, no. We're in year four. It's, it's enough of this. And uh, did you hear the call on that too, Ryan? Wasn't that the one where yeah. I think, where he was like, oh, he's dead. I'm like, what happened to Justin It was wild. It was wild. It was wild. So, yeah, there's a lot to nitpick with Matt Nagy as usual. We'll continue that. But 
there was one thing that fans are actually applauding for the head coach, and we'll cover that in our questions of the week right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week 16 of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com. Let's go through some strong plays to help get you into the championship round. Quarterback Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals versus Baltimore Ravens. The last time these teams met was in week 7 in Baltimore, and Burrow exploded for 416 yards on a trio of touchdown strikes. However, he's coming off his worst showing in more than a month, and it's understandable gamers are a little bit nervous. He has a get-right game against a Ravens secondary that has been hampered by injuries and is even weaker than it was the last time they met. Look for another huge showing from the 2020 number one overall pick. Running back James Robinson, Jacksonville Jaguars at New York Jets. Another highly talented player who's been a little bit shaky over recent weeks. Robinson has a matchup that is elite. The Jaguars are committed to Robinson now that Urban Meyer isn't in the picture, and it should only get better in Week 16. Running backs have averaged the third most yards on the ground against this defense in 2021, and no team has given up more than 16 rushing touchdowns behind the 23 allowed by the Jets. There's a huge opportunity for a late-season surge from the second year back. Green Bay Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard versus Cleveland Browns. In Week 14, it was Lazard who functioned as the number two target for Aaron Rodgers. Last Sunday, it was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, leaving the former Cyclone to finish the day with 23 yards on two catches. He should have had a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but Rodgers overshot him. On Christmas, Lazard might be in position to deliver a big game with MVS on the COVID list, although a speedy teammate could clear the protocol, so keep tabs on the situation. Lazard is an interesting risk-reward option thanks to the consistent double teams on Devontae Adams, just as long as Marquez Valdez-Scantling isn't in the picture. Noah Fant, tight end, Denver Broncos at Las Vegas Raiders. Drew Locke is likely to start for the injured Teddy Bridgewater. The Broncos really can't get much worse in the passing game, but we like Fant to finish in the top five among his positional mates. Fant has posted 50-plus yards in consecutive games, and he has at least four catches and 50-plus yards in three of the last five. He hasn't scored since week six, but that came against this matchup. Play Fant if you don't have a clear option for more points, but the matchup is among the best of the week. Best of luck getting to the championship round, and have a Merry Christmas. For award-winning tips, news, information, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's USA todaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, so our questions of the week. Three questions for Alyssa. She was not prepped on these. These are like lightning round style. And here's question number one, Alyssa, for you. There were two personal foul flags on the Bears that fans seem to love, right? Number one, was Nagy losing his mind, chewing out the rest for that awful call on Deion Bush, right? And the other one was Tevin Jenkins for taking on like the entire Vikings defensive line after Fields was shoved out of bounds with a little bit of an extra shove, right? There was a little extra on that. Uh, so which personal foul flag did you applaud more? Did you love the most? Oh, I like this question. Um, I mean, first off, let me say that was the most I've liked Matt Nagy for the last two years <laughs> when, during the, like, yep. yeah. which I mean, I pre, I mean, I like that. I mean, at times it kind of felt like, you know, he was kind of putting on an act at times just to kind of, because you remember the previous week, the quote about him having so much fun. So he kind of came off as like, <laughs> like a wuss or something. Yeah, so he yeah. was like, you know, I'm going to macho it up, right? I'm going to get Nagy. all yep. over it. Yep. And he kind of set the tone too, which led to Ted and Jenkins and, 
that's my answer. I love I loved Ted and Jenkins stand, sticking up for Justin Fields. And yes, it was an unsportsmanlike penalty, which here, this is something he's going to learn from in the future to do it at a different time. But when you kind of look at this offensive line and you think back to the beginning of the year, especially week three against the Browns, where Fields was on the ground a lot, obviously, yep. during that game. Yep. And he has been on the ground a lot this season. He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. And when you think about it, it's like, I think back and I don't remember any offensive lineman even going to so much as like help him up, right? Or, or sticking up for him when he takes a big shot. Like that's the kind of toughness. Tevin Jenkins has only started one game and I love the energy, right? He's someone like an Olin Cruz or a Kyle Long and he's something that toughness, that fierceness that you know, don't mess with me kind of mentality that we have with Jenkins in just this short amount of time. So I love that he stuck up, stuck up for his quarterback because no one else has. And did you see everyone else was just kind of like sticking back? <laughs> yeah, he was by himself steady. against the whole Vikings team. He would, and he would have taken them all. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like when the Bears drafted him, one of the reasons that everyone like loved him was because of that toughness, right? He's one of those fierce guys, one of those that you wanted on your line. And then Jermaine Effetti, <laughs> Jermaine freaking Effetti, man, has the nerve <laughs> To go and start shoving yeah, him. He attacked him. Yes, yes, him. yes. I'm glad you said this. Go ahead. He, like, he's chastising him for sticking up for his quarterback who's been taking shots. All you've got to be out of your damn mind. Like, that was ridiculous. I was just like, Effetti, get the heck out of here, right? <laughs> Seriously. Like, I'm like, Effetti, what have you done lately? I mean, obviously, he's been on IR. But before that, you have been stuck up for your quarterback. Like, normally, you're letting kind of guys plow right through you. So, I mean, I mean, I love Jenkins standing up for Fields. Fields even admitted that he appreciated that. So I'm just saying for future offensive linemen, you know, just make sure you do that. I mean, I think Larry Borum, who wasn't playing in that game, which he will fill in for a Fetty, I'm sure, this week. You know, that Borum's back from the COVID list. So, I mean, good. I hope a Fetty's gone at this point. You know, I think Borum's another one of those guys where, and again, they, they, they're they coming up in the same rookie class, too. So they're already close, right? They have that, that bond already. But also, that's your job as an offensive lineman is to protect your quarterback. And when someone starts smacking him around, then you need to do something about it, right? Not all the time. And they're used to pick and choose your moments to do it, which is what Fields told him after the game. He's like, just make sure you keep it, you know, in between the whistles. But also, you know, Tevin Jenkins wasn't the first one that threw a punch. He was punched first. And obviously, as we know, it's always the person that reacts that t- that tends to get it. So, I mean, I loved what Tevin Jenkins did. So did all of Bears fans or most Bears fans from what I've seen. So, I mean, obviously, he's going to get those penalties down. Uh, that one right there, though, I will take that every time. No, no doubt. I, I love Jenkins there, and I get what Fields is saying too. He'll he'll get more savvy as he's in the league long enough to uh, yeah. he'll you do a, a little subtle thing that the ref doesn't see. You don't you don't do it right in the open after a play. You do it later, and you get a little shot in there. You can there's ways you can you can do that. You can you can get some payback, and there's ways you can uh, you know make a point without you know throwing that punch without getting that flag. He'll learn that kind of stuff. But I, I think the action of him stepping up for Fields was a good sign. That was a good sign. I loved your yeah. commentary on Jermaine Fetty. That was great. <laughs> but Matt Nagy almost got ejected, Alyssa. This was almost like the NBA, yeah. right? Like he almost yeah. got a second technical foul. Could you imagine if he got ejected walking down that sideline into the locker room? That that place would have went bonkers. I think that's the one thing that that's the highlight that we didn't get. Like Nagy yes. walking down the sideline through the tunnel. Like, could you imagine if that happened? That would have been awesome. I was waiting for that as a content creator online. Oh, oh. I was waiting for that because that would have blown. Oh, and like I think, um, I think that would have been the first time that Bears fans have cheered Matt Nagy. <laughs> like they would have. I think they would have cheered. Bonkers. 
Yes. They would have been crazy. That would have been amazing. And I'm, man, it kind of like at one point too, because like he'd already had the first and he was just going at him like, oh my gosh, is this going to happen? This is going to happen. <laughs> like he's gonna, and then he backed off and I was like, darn, but like, oh man, that would have been, like that would have been a good way for Nagy to go out, right? That would have been amazing. Like, like just fight the ref, get suspended, get ejected. Yeah, just let's, let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved it. And you know, if you are into really fun content, check out Alyssa's. I think this is a photo gallery. It's or, or it's a photo story where you yeah. go through the game and and how Matt Nagy experienced this game with photos. And you know, he starts being very happy in the pregame, and it goes through him being you know pissed at the refs, and then you know, reality setting in that they're going to lose this horrible game to the Vikings that they should have won. And it's just brilliant. Check that out on bears wire. That's a little plug for you. Unless I had to do it. It was so, it was so much fun. That, <laughs> that story, uh, that photo story you posted. All right. We got to move on here though. In our questions of the week, here's number two. It looks like Roquan Smith will not be a pro bowler again. So in 13 games, he's got 130 total tackles, nine for loss, which, you know, is among the top linebackers in the league statistically. He's got a pick six on his resume this year. He's got three sacks. He basically plays every single snap on defense, and he also plays special teams. So it was like, is this year snubbing, if it happens, even worse than last year for Roquan? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I kind of understood last year because with the Pro Bowl, I kind of get it a, a popularity contest, right, at times, right? So, like, he wasn't maybe – maybe his name was just kind of getting recognized. But <laughs> this year, it's just – I think it's a joke. Like, I, I mean, it says that they're releasing the full roster, So, but I'm pretty sure that they just announced Bears and Vikings players last night. And when his name wasn't on there, obviously, congrats to, to Robert Quinn and Jakeen Grant, where very well-deserved. Robert Quinn's about to break Richard, Richard Dent's single-season sack record for the Bears. He's been awesome. And Jakeen Grant is just, I mean, they're with, I mean, I feel like the Bears do three things well. They do linebackers, running backs, and returners. <laughs> That's, we don't see quarterbacks, so you get those three. <laughs> Um, but kind of going to linebackers, right? Like Roquan has just been sensational again. And I mean, I understand there, there's a lot of good linebackers in the league. And when you kind of look at it with fan voting and stuff, he finished five and he trailed Micah Parsons, Devin White, Bobby Wagner, and Fred Warner in the NFC there. But when you kind of look at it, yes, I definitely agree that, you know, Bobby Wagner should be there. But I think Roquan's been better than Warner this year. Uh, I think he's been better than Devin White for quite a while. And then when you kind of look at Micah Parsons, he's, I mean, he doesn't play the same position that Roquan does. He kind of plays more coming off the edge. So I'm like, I don't understand why Roquan's not there. He's just been a pillar of consistency. Someone's, he's someone that just kind of does his job. He's not someone's going to make flashy plays with the exception of that Bengals, you know, pick six, right? I mean, if that play had happened more recently, you know, maybe that gets him in, but he's someone who he's going to be, he's a tough tackler. He's going to get the job done. He's not going to make a big deal out of it. He kind of does his job quietly. And that's what I love about him and appreciate. And, I mean, I'm hoping there's a time that the rest of the NFL will appreciate that too because, I mean, the last two years especially, but pretty much the last three years, he's just – he's been incredible. And he's the pillar of that defense. And I'm I'm really upset. Like, I mean, it's just dis- disrespect. I mean, every year I feel like I'm – I thought this was the year I finally would get to write that Roquan Smith makes the Pro Bowl, uh, and it didn't happen. So, oh, man, yeah. it makes me upset. But Disrespect's the right word. to Grant and, yeah. Grant and Quinn, but, oh, man. Yeah, disrespect's the right word. I think you, we got to put yeah. some respect on Roquan's name, for crying out loud. Yeah. We'll keep trying, but there's only so much we can do, Alyssa. Other people need to help us out. we got to put some respect on Roquan's name. 
So yeah, looks like he'll be a, a snub once again. And he is a snub. Uh, it's, that's tough. He's had a great season. Um, all right, question number three. This is just kind of a, a fun one. Let's go back in the time machine a little bit, Alyssa, because Bears fans were crazed for Russell Wilson over the summer, right? Remember all those those podcast episodes and articles we were you were putting out there? Um, oh, that drove my traffic. Oh for the yeah, year. it was great. <laughs> it was the first time. So I mean, it was like Russell Wilson fever in Chicago, right? And yes. you know, reports came out that he'd be willing to come here. It was just it was just excellent. But all right, now let's fast forward to where we are right now, heading into week 16 of the regular season, you know, a season that is now, we you know, not heading for the playoffs, which we've known for some times, but it's official now. Do you think it all worked out in the end for the Bears, right? If you could do it all over again, would you give up, uh, would you would you take Justin Fields and give up what you did for him, the draft capital, which is going to include a top five pick next year, by the way. The Giants are going to have a nice little draft pick out of that trade. And, you know, obviously grind it out through these developmental years with a rookie quarterback and you know, I think Fields could be great, but, you know, there's growing pains and we're going to keep working through it. Or would you rather go back in time and do that bigger haul if it, if it could have happened? Would you have done that bigger haul for Russell Wilson and traded, what what was it, three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and two players or whatever they were offering? Like, if you could go back in time, Russell Wilson, or do you like where you are right now with Justin Fields? Yeah, that's a really good question. I like this this time machine thing. Um so I think I would probably choose to kind of stay where the Bears are right now for several reasons. The first one, when you kind of look at, you know, what they would have done to kind of bring, you know, Russell Wilson here, this team this year was not going to contend, not with Matt Nagy being here. Maybe Russell Wilson's able to overcome some of the Matt, of Matt Nagy's coaching and this offense in general, but, you know, their offensive line concerns, which he had back, which he has in Seattle, you know, he doesn't have the weapons that he had there. So, like, I mean, even though Russell Wilson's a veteran, you were bringing him in kind of hopefully for the next regime. Uh, but also, I didn't think that, Russ, that, I'm sorry, that Justin Fields was going to be available to the Bears. I didn't think he was an option at all, considering where they were sitting in the draft. Even if they were able to trade up, I'm like, there's way too many teams that need a quarterback. I'm like, there's no way Justin Fields makes it outside the top five. I'm like, there's no way. So, I mean, I think I'd definitely kind of stick with this situation, especially, you know, when you look at, you know, three first-round draft picks. I mean, you gave up one, essentially, for Fields, which I can live with. That, that top-five draft pick, what you were mentioning, I mean, it's good, but what quarterbacks are worthy of a top-five draft pick or a top-ten draft pick? I don't think any at this point, so that doesn't really help you. So the fact that, I mean, I think Fields, even though it's been a rough year, it really has, you know, a lot of that, some of that's on him, a lot of that's on, you know, the circumstances and everyone around him, but he's also making typical rookie mistakes and, you know, he's got to do a better job protecting the football and just having pocket awareness in general, which those things are fixable. So that's good. That'll be on the next coaching staff. Um, so, I mean, when you look at that whole thing, I would just kind of stick with this. I, I didn't think that he was going to be available. I would stick with fields and the development that comes with it. Because also with Matt Nagy, you know, it's clear that he's not the guy to help get fields where he needs to be. So that's another way to kind of get him out the door. Um, I don't know if anything, maybe fields saves Ryan Pace's job to an extent. I don't know if that saves him as being a GM or if it earns him a spot somewhere else within the organization or whatnot, but yeah, when you look at three first-round draft picks and the two players, I believe, that were rumored to be a part of that deal were Kyle Fuller, who they released, and Akeem Hicks, who, I mean, he has played sparingly this year, so that would have helped with the cap situation and everything. But, 
I mean, I'm still looking at those three first round draft picks. And I remember because, you know, I talked about this a lot with my dad too during the offseason when I'm like writing this. And, you know, he's like, you really want to give up three first rounders for Russell Wilson for a quarterback. I'm like, three first rounders? I'm like, we had never had a quarterback. Like, you know, that's because like in my lifetime, and even in my dad's lifetime, I mean, he had about Jimmy Mann, that's it. So, I mean, I was like, yes, at that point, I think it was just, desperation right you just the Bears fans just wanted a quarterback and Justin Fields while he has had a rough start he looks like he has what it takes to become that quarterback obviously he's going to need some help to get there but firing Matt Nagy will be a great start (laughs) to that but yeah I think looking back I would kind of stick with this current situation which again I didn't think that Fields was an option so I'm I'm excited yeah, I'm with you. I like I like Fields, and it it will be painful to watch the Giants make that selection for the Bears. I'll it, probably mess it up. Yeah, it'll yeah they'll they'll <laughs> screw it up though. Yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, but yeah, no, you got Fields. You got a young rising talent. You're in a transition mode anyway. Really, you know, we're the Bears. You, you make that deal for Russell Wilson if you if you think you have kind of a championship window, and I think the Bears need to kind of build for that. So uh, let's build it. Let's get the regime change. Let's build around Fields. I'm all for it. Um, but of course, the reason I came up with this question for you, Alyssa, and jumped into the time machine is because Seattle is next on the schedule, right? That's who we have yes. next up. So Bears head to Seattle. We'll get into that matchup right after this. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Dallas Cowboys favored 9.5 points and the total sitting at 47.5. I'm on the under 47.5 here. This is a pros versus Joes game as more money has been on the under, but more bets have been placed on the over. Typically in sports betting, it's wise to follow the money, especially when it's counter to the public. Also, Cowboys offense has regressed. They've hit the under in seven of the last eight games. And Washington's offense just isn't that good. They've hit under in seven of the last nine games. Nate, how are you betting this Washington-Dallas game? I'm rolling with Dallas by 10 or more. Washington is still banged up, has players on the COVID list, and has the league's second-worst third-down conversion rate for opponents. With Dallas tied at 11-3 and for the best covering teams in the league, I'd rather bet against them than for them. Also, they started up 24-0 in these two teams' first matchup. Give me Dallas by 10. That was your Tipico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, so Tipico, Alyssa, has the Bears as a six-and-a-half-point underdog right now. And I think, I actually, I wrote that line down in my notes before the Tuesday night game. I don't know if it's changed, but this was before that game played out. The uh, Seahawks yeah, lost the Rams. Okay, it's the same. Good. Yeah. Uh, so short week for Seattle. They'll have four full days to rest and prepare for the Bears on Sunday. It's also, like, Christmas and all that. So, like, I don't know. Maybe the Seahawks have some stuff to deal with, right? Um it, it does feel like Wilson's had a down year. We were just talking about him. But he did break a finger on his throwing hand, right? And he entered Tuesday night third in the league in QB rating at 103.7. So as much as it, it feels like Wilson's kind of sucked this year, he's, he's still performing really well, right? Quarterback rating-wise. 
So what do you think about this matchup, right? I mean, for me, I'm mad at the Bears because I picked them to cover the spread against the Vikings, and I was very confident, and I should have been right. But the Bears are in such a spot right now that it's hard to really trust them to cover any kind of spread. And they are going on the road to Seattle, which is a tough place to play. So I guess I would I would lean towards Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. But what's your what's your leadoff take on on this spread and this matchup? Bears, six and a half point dogs. I mean, I'd probably take it at this point. Like you said, I don't really have a lot of confidence in the Bears really doing much to cover. Because, <laughs> I mean, even when they're kind of given games or opportunities to kind of like with that Vikings game, like they should have won that game. It was clear. They should have. There were plenty of opportunities. They should have, you know, just dominated that defense. But, you know, then you look at the fact that this game's in Seattle, that does not fare well for me. I mean, I know that the Seahawks have struggled more at home this year, but there's something about just being on the road and in that stadium that just, especially for a rookie quarterback, where that's something he's going to, you know, he's starting to learn (laughs) along the way. But, I mean, Fields has been in pressure situations before. But this, I mean, I feel confident, like, about – four weeks ago that, oh yeah, Bears got this. I was like, oh yeah, they're going to beat the Seahawks. Yeah. Like that was like, I was sticking with that. And I think I stuck with that from the beginning of the year too. And I was like, I'm sticking with it. Uh, I changed my mind over the last few <laughs> weeks. So I finally kind of deviated from that. I mean, even though the Seahawks are struggling in their own right, I think that the Bears just are the the worst football team at this point. And I mean, Matt Nagy's you know, still the head coach and, you know, there could be some players. We'll see how many players come back from the COVID list and everything. And that offense, I mean, I'm just not confident the bears can keep this close. I mean, I feel like they, they have an opportunity to win, but that's the case with most of these games and they just can't take advantage. The last game that they actually did was that Raiders game back in week five where like all three phases, they just play complimentary football and that's how you win a football game. And like, we haven't seen that since. I know they've won the Lions game since then. Oh my goodness, that's it. Uh, but they got lucky with that, right? Kicking that field goal. So uh, yeah, I think I'm going to take, I, I'd have to ride to Seattle at this point. Um, just, I don't, I have no confidence in the Bears in this game. Yeah, the Bears are just leaving too many points on the field, right? Uh, how many did they yeah. leave on the field against the Vikings? Like 20? Like they left so many points. Yeah, they were the in the red zone five times. They only scored once. That was the end yeah. of the game. Yeah, it hurts. That hurts. So um, it's hard to trust the Bears right now. And Seattle's defense is even playing pretty well. It, it, yeah. Their, their defense was terrible early in the year, but it's, it's playing a little bit better as of late. But this will be fun, right? I mean, we didn't get Lamar Jackson first Justin Fields right we've had we've gotten robbed with some matchups Alyssa yes Russell Wilson the the quarterback everybody wanted in the offseason and Justin Fields the one that everybody's backing now these two going head-to-head in this game you know for a game that's mostly meaningless that's kind of fun that'll be a fun little storyline I'm actually interested to watch Fields versus Wilson I'm, I'm here for it yeah I mean I think that was something that I've been looking forward to a while like we didn't know when Fields at the beginning of the year was gonna finally get in and I figured, I think we all figured at that point of the year he would be in. And it's like, ooh, you know, you know, Justin Fields versus Russell Wilson, you know, they're very similar quarterbacks. So, I mean, going kind of going back to the time machine question, it's like, they, I mean, I hope that they did, in fact, get Russell Wilson. We'll see if he eventually becomes him. But, you know, they got a very similar quarterback in terms of, you know, you know, skill set and everything. But, you know, I mean, and I know Justin Fields is a big fan of Russell Wilson, too. So this would be a pretty cool moment for him. You know, you're right. We've been robbed of, you know, Fields versus Jackson and Fields versus Kyler Murray. Right. And, uh, I couldn't remember what it was, but yeah. Murray. Yeah. And, but Justin Fields has an ankle injury right now, but it doesn't seem like it's going to, you know, 
keep him out of practice. They're having a walkthrough uh, on Wednesday, and he's going to be limited. So, I mean, he tweaked his ankle a little bit because you know, he's trying to run for his life out there. Uh, so, I mean, I still think at this point there's no really cause for concern because he met with the media uh, this week and everything. So I think we're finally going to get that matchup. And, you know, that, this, that would be really cool. It'd be like a small victory. I don't see the Bears winning much, maybe one, maybe two games the rest of the year here if they're lucky. But it would be really cool for Fields to, to beat Wilson. That'd be really cool. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fun as long as Andy Dalton doesn't walk out there and Fields is inactive. That's all, that's all that I care about. That's all I. Or care Nick about. Foles. Yeah, yeah, Nick Foles, or maybe it's Nick, Nick Foles' Foles. chance. Nick Foles' chance. Yeah. So imagine, imagine an angry Nick Foles because you remember him in preseason, right? Like that one press conference, and I'm like, give me. I mean, like, I don't want Fields hurt. I want him playing. Obviously, these last three games are important for his development, but like. If, if like Fields for some reason can't go, I want Foles. I can get an, an angry Nick Foles and have him just kind of sling that ball all over the field. You know Let's what I mean? Go. Yeah, I love it. The forgotten man, Nick Foles. He's like, remember me, guys? You brought me over here. You bury me on the depth chart. You hate me now. Yeah, no, that would be fun. So it, it should be a fun weekend, day after Christmas. But uh, Alyssa, I hope you have a great weekend with the fam. Lots of football going on this week. So yeah, you know, I hope you. I hope you have a great one. Yes, you too. I mean. Hopefully we can both relax a little bit. When, you know, when, when are your Patriots playing? Well, they're playing at 1 p.m. against the Bills, and they should okay. that, that thing should be flexed to prime time. But you know, instead the Cowboys Ooh. the Cowboys are always in prime time. So the Cowboys versus Washington <laughs> football team is the Sunday night game, and the Patriots Bills game, which is essentially for the division title in Foxborough, 1 p.m. But as a fan. Give it to me at 1 p.m. I'll take it at 1 p.m. That's fine. I miss. I cannot wait because this is going to be what the third or fourth straight week where the Bears have not played at one o'clock. Yeah. And as someone who covers games, it's very difficult. Because <laughs> like I, hear you, I was yeah. up till 2 a.m. like doing post game stuff, and then I'm like, I went to bed and then woke up at seven, and did it all over again. So I like 1 p.m. games to kind of get a little break. But at the same time, I do like if it's like a four o'clock or maybe a seven because at least you can kind of watch some red zone and kind of get a glimpse of everything. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm just going to enjoy some football. I hope the Browns give me a Christmas present and beat the there, Packers. There you go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. We, we're, all, we're all in agreement <laughs> on that. So, for Alyssa, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you all. Don't forget to hit subscribe for us and have a great holiday weekend. Alyssa, you know how we end the show. Bear down and happy holidays. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.